Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike as we... Move towards the end of today's episode of Live Mike. We'll dedicate the final half hour of the program to looking at crime numbers, specifically uh, crime rates in Utah's capital city, Salt Lake. The unfortunate reality is that the, the crime rates are going up. The crime rates are growing going up. The data shows there has been uh, a pretty significant increase in violent crime even, that follows trends around the country. And while it's no good that violent crime has increased, it is helpful, at least, to know that we are not necessarily alone. Uh, Producer Amy and I, throughout the course of this pandemic, have made a point to uh, periodically touch base with the various police departments around our great state and uh, the various domestic violence organizations, those uh, shelters and uh, agencies and organizations designed to uh, offer resources to those who find themselves uh, on the wrong end, not that there's a right end, but on the the unfortunate end of uh, being domestic violence victims. And universally, the unfortunate reality is that in the midst of this pandemic, that those numbers have gone up. And that that's the trend uh, around the country right now. And so you hope that not only will, uh, you know, the light that we see at the end of the tunnel that many uh, see in the vaccine and our, you know, our swift march towards herd immunity. You you hope that if COVID-19 and this pandemic and the anxieties associated with it uh, are responsible for some of this uptick in crime, that once pandemic is behind us, hopefully uh, those levels will uh, dip. After the commercial break, we're going to be speaking with Salt Lake City Mayor Erin Mendenhall. Uh, look forward to welcome her, welcoming her back to the program. It's been some time since we've touched base with the mayor. Uh, we, we ought to do that, uh, and glad to be able to do it today. Yesterday, here on KSL News Radio, Dave and Dejanovic had the opportunity to speak with the chief of the Salt Lake City Police Department about these unfortunate trends, the uptick in crime. So I want to uh, just to bring you up to speed. And so you're able to hear from the chief directly. I want to share with you portions of that conversation. Here is Salt Lake City Police Chief Mike Brown uh, summarizing what has happened thus far 2020 in Salt Lake City. We have had since May 30th to October 8th in 131 days, 232 events, 232 events. That's sometimes weekends we'd have five or six. Um, the resources to, to do that 
we've had to put motors, our entire motor squad out there to make sure that we could block traffic and keep people safe. Our public order officers, although many times they weren't deployed, you have to have them ready in case things happen. And that's another, that's 30 plus officers. Chief Brown went on to say, there are mobile field force officers that are deployed. Many times that's 14 to maybe 50 officers that are, that are, that are out there or being held in reserve to make sure that these things go off peacefully. All those officers come from patrol and detectives. So we've had to take and draw upon our resources to make sure that we could do that throughout the summer. Resource allocation and new and emerging challenges to the deployment and the rollout of officers. Uh, I I understand that. And Chief Brown continued uh, talking about resources and the impact of COVID-19, specifically the impact that COVID-19 is having on the jails. Let's talk about the jails. I mean, since uh, COVID has impacted all of us, the jails, their capacity was around 3,000. They've had to reduce their population to about 1,000. So here in Salt Lake City, if you commit a crime of less than a, a second-degree felony, many times you don't go to jail, or it's just a quick book and release. I, I have an example, and, and this has happened time after time after time, and I've talked to a lot of our bike officers. That their frustration is that we book people into jail for felonies, and they're out within hours. And so you wonder, does that have uh, an impact on the numbers that we're seeing? at least in Utah's capital city, as violent crime uh, from January 1st through this Sunday of this past week, increasing 21.6% with property crimes up 24, almost 25%. Chief Brown uh, continued uh, talking about how COVID has specifically affected the justice system. On August 29th, we had one individual who was arrested for a felony, a stolen vehicle felony, and three misdemeanors. That individual was released within hours to pretrial services. Five days later, he was arrested again for five felonies, including firearms by a restricted person and five more misdemeanors. So in 10 days, this individual committed six, ten, six felonies and eight misdemeanors, and they were out of jail again. And it, it was wow. five days after that that they were detained again in a stolen vehicle. So the COVID and the impact it's having is really, it's really hard to, to hold people accountable for these crimes because it's, it's a book and release. We're looking at some of the unfortunate realities in terms of crime statistics in Utah's capital city, Salt Lake. The most recently revealed numbers show that similar to other major cities across this country, that during the COVID era, there has been a massive, massive uptick in, and maybe that's an overstatement. I shouldn't say massive, massive, but there has certainly been an uptick. And that following, you know, years and years of declining crime rates. Chief Brown, Chief Mike Brown of the Salt Lake City Police Department, he yesterday during his conversation with Dave and Dejanovic here on KSL News Radio uh, talked specifically about some of the types of crimes that they are seeing within these spiking numbers, specifically stolen cars in Salt Lake City. We're having a lot of stolen cars. Again, I think a lot of it is when there's no when, when there's there's no punishment for bad behavior. Uh, criminals know that, and they continue to steal cars, but. We have had a, a spike in, in stolen cars. We've had 1,945 cars stolen so far this year. But stolen while warming up, 149 cars have been stolen while warming up. Stolen with the keys inside, 565. So a total of 714 cars have been stolen just in those two categories, which is 30 37% of our, our stolen cars. Crimes of opportunity, they call those. I can remember 
uh, before I moved to Washington, D.C., uh, I was working here at KSL News Radio as a reporter. And one of the very last stories I was assigned to cover was that of a stolen vehicle. There was a, a gas station, also downtown Salt Lake City. In, in front of that gas station, the owner-operator of that vehicle uh, went inside to, I don't know, buy something, uh, and behind left the vehicle running, keys in the ignition, of course, and in the back seat uh, was the, the driver's young child. Someone saw that circumstance, somehow missed that there was a, a young baby in the back seat, hopped in the driver's seat, and drove away. Luckily, luckily, this story ends by the, the, the carjacker noticing down the street that there's a young child there in the background and uh, in the back seat, rather. And they pulled over, uh, left the car in front of a, a cupcake shop. Not sure if that cupcake shop is still there, but uh, uh, it was a crime of opportunity that could have ended terribly. Luckily, it didn't. And we're seeing, uh, according to Chief Brown, a massive uptick in crimes just like that. Now, is there some tie to COVID-19? The trends seem to indicate so. Some of this uptick that we're seeing in Salt Lake is mirrored in other major cities, capital cities included around this country. What's to be done about it? And where does the buck stop? Or is it a waiting game for COVID-19 to pass uh, into history? We're going to take a break right now. When we return to wrap up today's episode of Live Mike, we'll be joined by the mayor of Salt Lake City, Aaron Mendenhall, to talk about uh, these rising crime rates, what's being done about them, and also an emergency proclamation signed by the mayor of Utah's capital city just yesterday. That's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. And this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We're getting Mayor Aaron Mendenhall, Mayor of Utah's capital city, all lined up on the phone here in just a moment. Producer Amy will give me a signal uh, once the mayor's ready to chat. Uh, we'll be discussing some uh, some startling trends here. We have recently learned that there has been an uptick in certain types of crime throughout Utah's capital city, at least. Now, I I hate to say that crime rates surging across the country is good news, uh, because it's not, right? Uh, But what it seems to indicate to me, and I'm just a layman, uh, nobody on the radio, but it seems to me that if there is a nationwide trend, we can likely point the finger of blame uh, at at the coronavirus. Uh, Producer Amy and I, as I mentioned before the break, uh, she and I have been staying in close contact with uh, police departments around the state, uh, also uh, organizations and uh, places that serve those who are the victims of domestic violence. And uh, crimes of that nature have unfortunately been uh, on the rise this year uh, and attributed uh, most specifically to the the coronavirus and the anxieties that creep in. Uh, Again, no excuse for this type of crime, uh, but an explanation, maybe, uh, to help understand a bit of this and talk about some other things. Aaron Mendenhall, mayor of uh, Salt Lake City, joins me on the line. Mayor Mendenhall, how are you? I'm happy to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Before we get into this uh, conversation about crime rates uh, here in the city, can I ask you, this morning we saw uh, University of Utah Health System, we saw Intermountain Healthcare administer the very first vaccines to healthcare workers within their system, those individuals who are helping uh, in, you know, combating this this Mm -hmm. gosh darn disease. How how did did you feel? What did it make you feel seeing that take place? And then to hear from those workers receiving the vaccine today? This is the season of hope. And it's been a very difficult year for everyone um, in many different ways, unprecedented ways. But I 
I felt an incredible, you know, beacon of hope in my heart to see uh, those nurses begin to receive the vaccine, to know that the vaccine has landed here in Utah, that there's a plan in place and that continues to come together based on when those vaccines will be able to be distributed widely. But um, what a wonderful time of year to see that happen. It gives me a great deal of hope that the end is coming, but we're not there yet. I've invited folks throughout the day to go back and listen to an archive segment of the program today. Uh, Just after Monty Roberts received his vaccine, an ICU nurse uh, at LDS Hospital, uh, he he took to the microphone afterwards and he was asked by reporters, how do you feel? What does this mean? And uh, it was... You know, as many things are related to the coronavirus, uh, an emotional affair, an emotional mm-hmm. response is that that is the the one that he gave, and uh, you know, a big, strong man, uh, ICU nurse, someone charged with protecting and healing and helping, uh, re- reduced to uh, you know to the the raw emotion of tears and being choked up as he responded to that. I, I feel exactly that same way. This is the season of hope, uh, and I just join my uh, voice and excitement with with yours, Mayor. Now, let's talk about. What we have been learning recently with the release of some of these crime statistics in Utah's capital city. Uh, I, you know, as a layman, suppose that the uptick in crimes in certain categories is a result of the the coronavirus or at least has come as uh, a consequence of the coronavirus. Do, Do you share that? Yeah, I think that we all do, whether you're a, a radio voice, a, a politician like me, a sociologist studying this person working for nonprofits who try to support families and individuals day in, day out without a pandemic. We're all looking at these, the, the complexities of the COVID circumstances. And what I mean is there's almost not a facet of our daily lives that hasn't been impacted by this virus. Um, from the, you know, the fact that my kids are here at home trying to go to school while I'm here at home trying to do my full-time job, and so is my husband, uh, to our to everything, our construction programs, our transportation systems, our bus service, our economic access, people's employment, people's ability to pay their mortgage, pay their rent, you know, the assistance to businesses and small business owners that ran off a cliff many, many weeks, if not months ago. Um, and well-intentioned, but not enough for what the needs are. So the stress on people, the stress on families is tremendous, and and I appreciate the way that you've worked to cover and keep attention on the domestic violence issues that uh, I think we can pretty clearly attribute to these family pressures growing, but there's so many different ways that people are impacted. So I think that's absolutely a piece of it, but we've seen so many other circumstances. And as you mentioned, not uniquely in this capital city, but play out across the nation this year in particular, including the pandemic, but also things that had nothing to do with it that have put a great deal of pressure on society. I think uh, the crime results that we've seen, particularly those that have gone up so dramatically, are one of the results of that that I think will be studied and talked about in the years to come. We're speaking with Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall uh, on the occasion of the release of some data uh, looking at crime statistics in Salt Lake City. We, like many other cities across the country, are seeing an uptick in property crimes and violent crimes in other crimes mm-hmm. as well, uh, attributed to likely the, the coronavirus. Mayor, let me ask you, is there anything that can be done? Is there anything your office is doing in conjunction with the, the police department to, to bring these levels down, or is it a question of waiting for uh, the, the coronavirus to leave us? 
no, we can't, we absolutely can't wait. And there's a very real balance that every city faces about what the public safety needs of the community are and having enough officers to meet those needs. Here in Salt Lake City, we know that we need at least 200 patrol officers working in that division. This year, in 2020, we are up 16,000 calls for service over last year, 16,000 more calls. Um, so the, uh, coupled with that, we've got the fact that, you know, some months we've had as many as 70 officers out on leave because of exposure to the coronavirus, not necessarily infected, but they've had direct contact with those who were. Um, so it's a, it's a terrible, perfect storm of pressure where we have decreased number of officers plus the attrition that departments normally go through combined with these increased in calls. So we're working on a plan that we'll be announcing next week to address these really critical public safety needs that are playing out. Patrol is the backbone of the mission of a police department. So we've been um, looking at how we can shift some officers out of specialty squads. One of those, uh, the student resource officers at school, Salt Lake City public schools are not open. So those officers have been doing other work. We're going to pull them into patrol. There's another 18 troops that we just graduated uh, first week in November. They're going to help us fill that gap. And uh, Chief Brown and my team are working with our city council to make sure that we have the finances to line up new classes. It takes us 10 months to get officers out on the street, and we really can't afford to wait. The, the announcement of this, pro- of this program and this plan will come next week, you say? Yeah, because the plan, although we've talked about the patrol, um, Chief Brown and Commissioner Jess Anderson from the State Department of Public Safety has uh, been in the papers even recently saying we've got to come at this capital issue that is really a statewide um, focus here in Salt Lake City together and bring resources together. So the commissioner in chief are meeting next week to talk about how our departments can work together. They both identified that need. Um, And we'll also be planning to talk about how in addition, the jail restrictions, um, COVID-related restrictions at the jail mean that no one with a misdemeanor can get into jail. Even when our officers book second-degree felonies, they're out within hours on pretrial. They get booked again a few days later with more felony charges. They're out again. So these jail restrictions are crushing our ability to conduct true public safety. Understood. Mayor Mendenhall, I have to cut this conversation short. I wanted to speak to you about your emergency proclamation number 17 signed to expand outdoor operating capacities for businesses. We'll have to look for another opportunity uh, to share those details. I'd love to. But thank you for your time here today, uh, and thank you for, for sharing the work being done in your office. All right, we're going to wrap that up for uh, today's program. My thanks again to Mayor Aaron Mendenhall. We'll see what comes in this plan to be revealed next week to look at uh, getting more officers uh, patrolling. Patrol officers are down. Makes good sense what the mayor mentioned, though, uh, that school resource officers in Salt Lake City, as the schools are uh, not yet meeting in person, uh, what are those officers doing? We'll follow that story, report to you all the details we get as we get them. Uh, next up, though, here on KSL News Radio, it's Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? 
I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.